Welcome to the Visma Ski Classics podcast, Ushtar Tulevit. Visma Ski Classics is the long-distance ski championships with 35 pro teams. In season 12, there are 14 races in 12 event locations, bringing pro team athletes and recreational skiers together. On this podcast series, we'll analyze the events on the Pro Tour and the Challenger Series, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello, everyone out there listening to Usha Tulevi podcast once again. It's a great day in October, and I am your host, Teemu Virtanen. And my special guest today is somewhere out there in the warm weather in Croatia. We are talking about the coffee boys and girls, and they leader, they captain, and a pro team athlete himself, Vetle Tuli. Good to have you on our show. I know that you are you're in Croatia and the sun is shining out there. Yeah, and uh, today it is uh, our rest day and you just told me to go inside from the sun. So I'm sitting inside. So that's, uh, what can I say? Not, uh, not the best option for my tan, but uh, that's the best for the other. So I will just have to... Uh, uh, <laughs> just have to uh, say okay just, to that. You just have to take it and tolerate <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the sunshine and the warm uh, weather, how? what's the temperature? Uh, now it's about around uh, 18 degrees Celsius. Um, it actually hasn't been the best weather uh, the first uh, week. It was uh, a little bit colder than we uh, have expected and uh, also a couple of uh, days with rain. So we were supposed to have like the the most uh, hilly session uh, in the uh, of the year uh, a couple of days ago uh, up to the the third highest mountain in uh, Croatia with the uh, yeah uh, 30 kilometers of uh, only uphill, but uh, the road was closed uh, due to uh, bad weather. So that's kind of like uh, how we are used to most <laughs> several ski classics races are in the in the winter with bad weather. So we had to do uh, a different kind of uh, track, but um, overall we have been doing really nice uh, work here, even though the the weather has been not like hundred uh, percent. Where in Croatia are you guys? Uh, we are in a place called uh, Umis. Uh, so we uh, we flew to um, uh, Split, and then it's um, yeah three three miles, uh, three four miles uh, south of Split, near the coast. And why Croatia? That's not the, the first option for many, many pro teams. Mallorca may be the one they go to, but you guys tend to go there. Uh, yeah, uh, it started uh, with uh, uh, Magnus uh, Westerheim's uh, family. They had uh, a friend um, from uh, Umis. So Magnus uh, have uh, been here a couple of times and uh, then we tried three years ago for the first time uh, on a training camp and uh, since then we have uh, have had this as the the favorite option uh, in the fall 
Let's talk about the, you know, their training camp. I know that it's a long one. You guys are there like for three weeks. So I'm really interested. And also I think our audience is really interested in learning more about your camp and your training sessions. And then, of course, we talk about your team, Team Cafe Brugeriet, uh, yourself. It's been a while since I talked to you almost two years ago. That was after Top La Cortina race. So I think there's an eager audience out there wanting to know more about you and your team. So that'll be next for us. So Vetle, Croatia, you guys are there for about, what, three weeks, 23 days, I think. Uh, why that long? Uh, it's that long because uh, I know that uh, a lot of the... Um, the key sessions uh, that we want to um, to have uh, in uh, this period in October in Lillehammer is can be quite difficult uh, during the, the weather and uh, it can be both uh, hard uh, skiing and uh, roller skiing because uh, like I heard today it was um, minus two degrees uh, degrees in Lillehammer. Uh, and then it's it, it can be tough to uh, to have the foul hours uh, double polling sessions that uh, we want to have now in October. So uh, it's due to the to weather to um, secure that we can uh, uh, train as uh, planned, and um, also because we have uh, we have uh, found so many nice uh, routes and. Uh, uh, and the roads here in uh, Croatia, and uh, we are really, uh, really liking it here. Some people tend to go to like Ramzam Dachstein and do a little bit of uh, glacier skiing and then uh, 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 training, uh, like in the uh, glacier skiing in the morning and then maybe some something else in the afternoon, roller skiing and, and, and running and so forth. Why do you guys? choose to go to a warm place and you're not the only ones a lot of pro teams go to a uh, Mallorca or those places uh, around this time of the year what's the reasoning behind that uh, the reason behind it is um, first of all and mainly because of the uh, the long sessions on uh, roller skis uh, they are much easier to um, to have here than in yeah, for example, Ramsau, I, I saw it snow there today. Uh, so five hours up on the glacier, That I don't think that that's the the best way for um, a long distance skier to um, to, uh, to yeah to get in shape for the winter. So um, it's mainly because of the, the long double polling sessions. She so would say that the, uh, the early snow skiing isn't really that important for long distance skiers around this time of the year? Um, for us, it's, uh, I don't think that's so important in October. Uh, we are all based in Lillehammer and uh, for, yeah, during, uh, during a normal uh, winter, we have uh, snow up on the mountains from uh, November to May. Uh, so and when also when the ski classic season starts uh, so late in uh, uh, in December, we um, we think that we will have uh, enough weeks to um, to have uh, the snow feeling. 
And let's talk about your sessions there. You have about a week behind you. You have a rest day now, uh, today, uh, and you will continue tomorrow. What kind of uh, sessions have you done besides the long five-hour double polling workouts? We uh, have had uh, two double polling uh, interval sessions, and um, we also brought uh, bicycles. And uh, I also uh, brought my um, my wetsuit for some some swimming because uh, I like to have um, yeah a variated uh, um, training schedule now when uh, yeah the total amount of training is uh, so high, uh, but. Uh, due to the weather, we um, have had um, roller skis in the, the morning and it uh, has been like an hour uh, of running uh, in the afternoon. So um, a little bit of changing, a little bit of change of plans because of uh, the weather. So we uh, actually, I have ran uh, six, 60 kilometers uh, this uh, first week um, in five sessions and uh, other than that, uh, two interval sessions on uh, roller skiing, double polling, and uh, uh, some other skating sessions, and uh, some with um, with some uh, some kick in the uphills. So naturally, your training days are a little bit different from 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 each other. But give us a kind of an uh, example of your daily routine. When do you wake up? What do you do? The breakfast and so forth. Walk us through your day. Yeah. Um, we are starting. We have started the sessions between uh, eight and eight thirty. So um, I uh, I wake up at uh, seven, and um, sometimes I'm the first one up. So I have to uh, to make the the, the breakfast. Uh, some uh, oatmeal uh, is uh, most of the guys' uh, favorites, and. Uh, uh, and some days, some days I wake up and the, and the oatmeal is ready, so I just have to sit down and uh, uh, dig in. Um, and then we, I also have some, some uh, often some uh, work to do uh, as a team captain, some uh, some uh, sponsor uh, mails and. Uh, so um, uh, yeah, right now and um, this morning I had to send an email to get um, the waxing truck uh, redecorated with uh, our new sponsors and uh, those kind of things. So um, during the breakfast, I often try to yeah to do some uh, yeah some few um, yeah like uh, routines there and uh, also because I'm tired after the the session so I want to be uh, free of work then um, when we are getting back uh, in we are often eating um, a lot of uh, <laughs> the food we made for dinner last um, last uh, last night and um, then I want to try to get one hours one hour of sleep at least in the middle of the day uh, and uh, then there's often the, um, if we are having uh, two to three hours um, in the middle of the um, in the middle of the day, we um, we are having a yeah, like now we had the, the the one hour run in the afternoon, and then there's dinner, and then there's uh, uh, some series on the TV. Right now we are watching Squid Game, the whole uh, the whole gang together. That's the um, what shall I say? Uh, the TV, your free the TV, time. 
Yeah, our free time. So uh, is that how you spend the, your evenings after you're done uh, with your training before you go to bed? You just watch, you know, Netflix uh, together and just relax? Yeah, right now it is. Um, and um, we'll see when we are we are done with the, with the, the Squid Game. We maybe need to have some evenings uh, alone in our, our rooms also. We can't be uh, together 24-7. Which session, since you often have two sessions, more in the morning and in the afternoon, so which of those sessions is usually the one that is more intensive? Uh, the intensity session is uh, always on the uh, on the more in the morning. And you mentioned the the intervals uh, that you've done a couple of, a couple of those. What kind? Um, right uh, here in Croatia, we have. Um, we have found some uh, we have found some uh, some routes with uh, uh, uphills during the the, the route. Uh, if you know what I mean, we are we found um, 60 70 kilometers um, round trip, and we are going hard in in the uphills. Uh, so that means that we will have uh, around one hour of um, of intervals and. The, each uh, hill will be uh, between uh, 15 to 25 minutes. So you have a 67k loop, and then you have those climbs. That's very much like a Vasala Pass type of training. That yeah, uh, you can call it a, a Vasa, Vasa Pass, and um, that's yeah mainly because uh, because we we think that um, that's the most relevant uh, workout for a long distance skier and also because it's um, very good for uh, for our, our daily routines we we don't have to drive a lot around in car and we don't have we don't have the the biggest uh, service team so we have to um, uh, do uh, do things the way that makes it uh, yeah like the easiest for us as a, as a team you told us uh, earlier about the importance of the long sessions, that that's one of the reasons you guys are there, to be able to do the long double polling sessions. Uh, how are those? I mean, you do, those are then uh, low intensity or? How can I say, how can I describe those uh, sessions uh, in an interesting way? Just, um, it is, uh, you have to, um, you have to be, uh, you have to double pole for a long time, uh, and it's uh, kind of as uh, easy as that. And most of the most of the five hours uh, double polling sessions, we are uh, just trying to to not be too uh, aggressive uh, and uh, stay in the intensity zones. For me, I have 185 in. Um, in max pulse, and I, I try to to stay between 120 and 130 to 35 uh, in uh, in heart rate. Um, in the uphills, you, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not uh, getting stressed out if my um, my heart rate is 137, but if it uh, exceeds 140, I try to um, to cool it a little bit down, and um, I'm also um, very. It's very important uh, to to get enough uh, fuel, to get enough 
enough uh, carbohydrates um, during the sessions. I, um, I assume that that's the most valuable time to get uh, enough carbohydrates um, uh, in, not not uh, after, but during the, the five-hour workout. That's interesting. So you basically just uh, uh, load yourself <laughs> while while training. You have you carry uh, gels and stuff. Then I assume. Yeah, and we uh, we are stopping uh, quite a few, few times uh, in the the local uh, shops here. Uh, that's that that's actually really nice here in Croatia because there are a lot of small shops very often. So you can uh, stop, uh, quite frankly, whenever you want. Stop for a cup of coffee. That should shoot you guys well, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not like uh, I'm not that uh, Magnus. Uh, he is really uh, he he likes the the the, the coffee rides or the uh, he like uh, he likes that a lot. But uh, for me, I uh, I'm not that kind of coffee guy uh, during uh, the training. But uh, of course, the the caffeine is. Uh, it's really nice when you're getting a little bit tired. Of course, you got to promote coffee drinking. You are the coffee boys, <laughs> coffee burgeria. Uh, you, since you guys do intensive sessions, you just uh, told us about those, and then there are these long, kind of low intensity sessions. What about what they call the, like a fartlek? Uh, do you guys do anything like that over mm, there? Uh, yeah, that's uh, something that we during the last period of the. Uh, this uh, long training camp, we will uh, we'll add some um, some. Uh, that's not not, uh, not like the fartlek, uh, but uh, more like uh, a little bit longer than sprints, like thirty seconds uh, uh, bouts of um, of pushing four times uh, thirty seconds with uh, some minutes uh, resting, and we um, we are often or in some uh, some sessions we have. Uh, four or five times 30 seconds each half hour during uh, a longer easy session. So basically that is speed training. Uh, Matthias Reck uh, told us in, uh, on this podcast that his method is the, what they call the Reck sprints, 40 seconds really fast, 20 second uh, uh, recovery. Of course, it yeah. depends on how many sprints you do. I mean, if you do them uh, back to back, it becomes a very straining uh, exercise. Uh, but yeah. this speed training is important, you know. Yeah, and the the the, um, uh, the intervals uh, or the the session that you mentioned with uh, Rec, we um, I also have um, some of those workouts, but I have uh, yeah, those are marked as um, interval sessions for um, uh, for me. Uh, if you have uh, five minutes with. Uh, 40, 20, or 45, 15, that's a high-intensity session for me. But um, the 30 seconds, uh, we have um, longer resting periods. So that's more like um, uh, like um, a max, um, max speed uh, training. Do you guys ever have like uh, race-like trainings that may simulate the uh, you know the racing conditions meaning that you go two hours three hours fast not intervals but kind of like at, at the threshold um, um we uh, we discussed having one of those sessions uh, during our um, three weeks uh, here 
um, and that's almost like the uh, these uh, interval sessions we are having with the 60k uh, uh, round trip uh, with the um, with high intensity in the uphills, but we will um, yeah have the high intensity also in the the flat uh, parts. And what else are you going to do towards the end of this? Now you have a week behind you, two more to go, and you mentioned that you'll have this fart leg type of things and the speed training, uh, short intervals and stuff. Anything else that you haven't done yet, or is it kind of now the business as usual from now on? Um, we um, we schedule the training these three weeks um, with the, the first week, uh, mostly long distance training and uh, the middle week we uh, will have more focus on normal uh, all-around uh, cross-country training and the last week we will go back to um, the long distance uh, training with uh, with more uh, five-hour um, uh, workouts and uh, no uh, second uh, session in the in the evening um, that's also because we now this uh, middle week we um, we are uh, we are having uh, another team here um, uh, a, a team uh, from Norway that, that is uh, all round team and uh, the last week um, uh, Johannes uh, Eklöf and uh, Herman Paus will join us uh, the last week um, so so that's um, that's the main reason for for that um, uh, training um, periodization. So you have those team Ramud then, guys. Where's Max Novak? Uh, I don't know. He, <laughs> I, I think he, uh, he's tan enough to stay home. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was, uh, it was our guy in the team, um, uh, Edward Saturn. He, uh, he talked with the guys and uh, Pose and uh, Eklöf uh, wanted to join us. I don't know if uh, Max uh, has to recover after a fantastic uh, summer's, summer's uh, season. Well, speaking of which, since we just brought him up and I started to talk about him, I mean, how impressive, uh, or how impressed were you about his performances, you know, this summer? Um, I don't, um, what can I say? It was... Um, the best I ever seen of someone in uh, a long distance uh, double polling uh, classic races. Uh, the way he just went uh, off the pack in um, in uh, in Klarerslopp um, when I uh, felt uh, quite okay, and uh, I also saw the other guys were pretty strong, and he just. Uh, yeah, he just got the gap and um, just uh, did everything the way he wanted uh, to do it. That was uh, really impressive. And uh, other than that, when we had, um, yeah, after 50 kilometers, I think, we we were a pretty strong group with the seven, eight uh, people. And we got uh, quite a good uh, gap and we, um, we managed to... Uh, to go really hard together and uh, did uh, did everything really hard for the uh, for the guys in the um, in the peloton and uh, uh, I was told after that uh, Max just did uh, did the whole job himself by by catching us so um, 
uh, yeah, uh, I <laughs> I I haven't seen anything like that on roller skiing before. I haven't. So you have the utmost respect for him, but do you think that uh, his mojo is, uh, will stay intact? That he can maintain that stamina when the winter comes? Mm, if he does, he might be the mm, be the first <laughs> because uh, you can. Uh, I, I think that you, uh, it's normal to say when someone is in uh, so good shape in the summer, they are most likely not to be uh, that good in the winter but um, uh, it's uh, hard to say I um, I uh, expect uh, I expect him to be good for sure when I saw what he did uh, this summer yeah I think he's listening to this podcast and thinking that I'll show you guys <laughs> but that <laughs> that remains to be seen but going back to your uh, training camp um, since you're going to change it a little bit towards the end uh, are you doing all the intensive sessions on roller skis or do you do some on uh, like, like running or you mentioned swimming in your case, but I assume that's just a, uh, here and there. Uh, yeah, the, the swimming is uh, just easy. And uh, if I try to swim fast, uh, I just swim uh, at the normal pace and I almost drown. So <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't do that session uh, like an interval. Um, no, we're, uh, we are planning to have uh, one uh, running interval session uphill. Uh, other than that, everything is um, roller skiing. But we, um, like now this middle week, we are having, tomorrow we are having skating. Um, together with the the all around team, so um, I expect to um, to um, to have a high heart rate in uh, the back of the the skating guys tomorrow. That's interesting. Skating. Why do you guys do that? Because they tend to be kind of these two camps. Some people do that. Johannes Ekleb, I know he, he loves it. Uh, but then, for example, Andreas Nigor doesn't do any skating except in the winter a little bit, but none. On roller skis yeah um i uh, i kind of feel like uh, that is uh, also the case in the team like uh, stian and i we like to skate uh, some hard passes um magnus on the other hand he's not uh, he's uh, he's not doing that as often as us so um, i can i i think that um that's both uh, from our um, previous um, training when we were uh, all around skiers when we were younger and Magnus uh, hasn't, uh, hasn't been doing that in his younger years. And it's uh, also, I think, uh, a lot about the performance. Magnus doesn't like to be... Uh, be uh, be behind so then he's more uh, interested in cycling because uh, he's better than us in that and then what about dykeland striding do you do any sessions like that um what uh, what kind of session uh, dykeland stri striding meaning uh, classic skiing with a kick yeah uh, i am i am uh, uh, i am dykeland striding uh, Pretty often, and uh, th that's also because I have like um, a, a goal other than uh, the long distance skiing. I want to uh, beat the all round guys uh, with the, with the kick wax, and um, I tend to 
I tend to have some uh, some good performances in the the early uh, preseason when we are racing um, 15k's uh, classic. So um, I also have a goal to perform well there. So that's um, that's the most interval sessions I do other than yeah, like uh, pure double pulling. We'll get back to that, you know, your uh, diagonal striding and, and your good performances in a, the early season. Uh, but now can I sum up this part of your, your training camp section of the of the podcast? If you sum up the good things about Croatia, why you told us why you're there, but what are the kind of the highlights of that particular place? Why do you always go back there? I assume the roads are good and, and so forth. Yeah, um, it's uh, if I have to uh, to pick uh, the uh, like the two most uh, important things of why we are going here, it's um, it's the weather and it's the uh, the amount of uh, roads uh, up in the hillsides uh, besides us. Uh, it's um, like yesterday we went uh, a new route. Uh, some places that we have uh, never um, uh, went before and it was uh, a beautiful uh, a beautiful trip so um, and also uh, before um, starting the, the podcast uh, with you we um, were looking at the new routes so um, we have um, we have an oasis of uh, roller ski tracks with uh, uh, small roads and uh, not too many cars well, it sounds to me that you guys are in a paradise. It's a great place for you to train, and, and you're in the middle of your great uh, training camp. But we move on. We'll talk about uh, your team and the last season, uh, the upcoming season, and a little bit about the Visma Ski Classic. So that'll be next for us. Let's talk about Team Cafe Brugeri at Coffee Boys and Girls. Uh, it's been a two years since I talked to you. So what has happened in terms of you still have you in the team, uh, Magnus Festerheim, Stian Berg. Uh, you guys always seem to be, you are a top 10 uh, team. You're always up there. But, uh, and this pretty much goes to all of you guys, haven't completely fulfilled the promise or the potential that you all have. I mean, you could be even top three team. Um. Yeah, uh, for sure. Then that was the the main goal uh, two years ago. But um, yeah, as a lot of uh, as a lot of us have um, experienced the last year with the, the coronavirus, uh, uh, things aren't uh, or hasn't been that easy the last uh, the last year. year. So, um, like the vol- development of the team uh, are has. Yeah, for sure happened, but um, not quite in the the tempo that I was hoping for two years ago. A lot of new uh, new things to to worry about. But you've been training well. I mean, right now you out there training. You did it last year, uh, and as you mentioned early in, in early season, you've performed really well in some of those diagonal striding classic races, uh, and you've been close yourself, for yeah, example, very been, close. Uh, been really close in in a lot of races, and um, that was um, uh, what I when I'm thinking back at this uh, this winter, I um, 
I feel that a lot of the races uh, have been really close, but not like um, top five or uh, or the podium. But um, a lot of races uh, went uh, okay, but there was always something uh, missing. I uh, in four out of ten races, I um, I had. Uh, I broke uh, my pole and, and had uh, trouble and uh, some races uh, our skis wasn't that good and uh, in all the races uh, I, j- I, ca- I could uh, put, uh, put a finger on something that didn't uh, work as planned and uh, I don't know, I don't have a, an answer of uh, why that's happened but I, I hope that that's might be because of the corona and uh, as a manager as a as a as a skier it was a lot of things to to worry about and um, you have to be 100% focused to um, to be on the podium and to be a top 5 uh, athlete and uh, for me this winter i um, i didn't feel that uh, yeah, as a skier, it was um, a lot of things during the winter that didn't was uh, like hundred percent. If you know, if you understand. Yes, but basically, what you're saying is the overload of responsibilities that you had as a team captain and a skier and everything in a particularly challenging year when we had Corona yeah. and races cancelled and moved and and so forth. I want to go back to Vasalopet because at Vasalopet it looked like I mean you were there, four <laughs> of you guys. You and 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 Ermil Vokuev, and of course Turasie Dalen and Anton Carlson, uh, who now works for us, you know, for Visma Ski Classics, uh, uh, W Sports Media. It looked yeah. like that finally you're going to be at least, if not maybe on a podium, very close. I mean, you you there, you had a chance. But then, did what happened? Did you die out, or you just you weren't able to follow those three? Um, I think that. Um... The main problem was that uh, I thought uh, just uh, I had the same thoughts that you just said now. I thought to myself that this is it. Uh, I felt so strong and I was certain that uh, this will be my day. Uh, From the start, I felt uh, really strong. Um, My skis were uh, perfect and when uh, the four of us uh, got the gap. I um, I just felt that uh, okay, I don't, I'm not here in this group, uh, and the feeling like the the weakest link. I felt that I had uh, a lot of uh, contributions contributions to the group, and um, uh, actually at the 15 kilometers left, uh, we had um, a, a service member. He was shouting at me, and now you. Uh, it's time to to stay in this group, and I uh, thought that that's no problem. And uh, 700 meters later, uh, Jardalm um, picked up the pace a little bit, and uh, I just felt dizzy, and um, I was not able to um, to keep up. So um, I think that, uh, or at least. Uh, this winter, if I feel uh, that strong again, I um, uh, I will try to um, to get more um, carbohydrates um, 
um, in because I felt that I was um, totally shut down um, with no um, with no power left. So basically, an energy intake problem that at that particular time when Yedalin attacked, you uh, needed a bit more boost. Yeah, um, it was uh, it was um, it was really strange because I I haven't felt like uh, like that kind of uh, the energy just uh, dropping, but um, that's how you. Um, that's how Vasalop is. You never know when you can be um, be good and when uh, things can just be shut down totally. So that, that's at least my thoughts after the race that I was not good enough to to get enough energy in in um, from 25 to 15 kilometers left because I I felt that. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was my day, and I still think that it was, but I wasn't quite good enough uh, with uh, with um, yeah from twenty to fifteen for um, especially. At that particular moment, when you realized that it's not going to happen, it must have been. Were you panicking? Was it like a bit of a moment of panic? Um. Uh, no, I uh, I was um, I was quite determined in uh, just to to try to keep the the second group behind me. Um, but uh, for sure, it was a really strange feeling that uh, like the best uh, seventy five kilometers you've ever had in a race, uh, just um, like that in a second flip to be uh, like uh, some really bad ones. So. Um, it was not at all a, a good feeling, but I I tried uh, to think positive and to uh, to just to keep the the, the second uh, pack behind because um, uh, fourth place would uh, also even though it wasn't uh, a podium, it would have been by far my my best uh, Vasaloppe. So, uh, but when the guys. Uh, picked me up uh, in uh, Mora Park and I just thought that, okay, this will not be a top 10 <laughs> because I was uh, totally exhausted. And you've been close before. I mean, you've been fourth and fifth uh, uh, in some of the races, but you haven't been on the podium yet. Do you think that whenever that happens, and we hope and we think that it'll happen, that will be kind of the, that will open the lock. And maybe then you'll be able to do it more often. Yeah, that's my uh, that's the uh, the main focus. Or um, yeah, like the like the the thing that excites me the most in the the training now that I uh, I work uh, as hard as I do to um, to just get the first uh, podium, and uh, I hope that I hope the catch up effect will uh, will come, and uh, I can uh, do more of them. And now going back to what we talked about earlier in the, in the first part of the segment, uh, when we talked about your performances uh, in, in early season, because you are a capacity skier. This is something we talked about two years ago, meaning you have a high uh, VO2 max and you have the capacity to go fast and you are good on uphills. So you have the potential. You should be up there. Uh, uh, and, and even back then you said that, uh, one needs to be a, a good capacity. Well, not always, but of course, it's an advantage to be like yes. that. 
So, yeah. and um, when I have that in, uh, when I have that uh, stored, uh, that's why also like, um, what's my, uh, what's my biggest Achilles uh, heel, and that's to just stay the distance. The, the start of the races are never a problem. It's just to stay the, uh, stay the distance. So that's also uh, a reason why I want to stay here for almost 25 days is to just um, be sure that I can do the workouts that uh, makes me stay the distance. So why do you want to do those early season races and we could do them well? You said earlier that that's why you do Dykeman Striding, <laughs> that you still want to beat the, the all-around guys. But why is that important to you? Uh, it's important uh, for me because I've uh, always, uh, uh, always as a, since I started skiing, uh, I want to be um, a good skier also in uh, all around, and I uh, I have a heart in uh, in both long distance and uh, in all around. And um, when I started uh, long distance skiing, I just uh, went. Uh, 100% all in for only double polling and I didn't uh, I didn't do nothing uh, Declan striding and uh, uh, I felt that um, at some point uh, my double polling um, uh, I did not have the um, the increase uh, of the training or, or the performance increase that I, I wanted so for me, I think that the combination is um, is the best for um, also in long distance skiing. So basically, to keep that high capacity up. What about your yeah. other team members? We talked about you now, um, but they've been close to Magnus Vesterham, Stian Berg, of course, the uh, sprint winner, uh, and so forth. But again, kind of the same story. They haven't completely fulfilled. They could be on the podium too. Yeah, they can, uh, they can for sure. But uh, also, um, if I'm being uh, totally honest, I can, if you see on the athletes that are on the podium, they also have a lot of top five and top seven uh, podiums. So uh, for uh, for Stian, for example, he needs to he needs to be in the top ten before he he can think about. Uh, like the the podiums, even though in the flat races he can he can just uh, yeah he can just hopefully take the uh, take take the win. So uh, I think that uh, for Stian uh, first uh, we need to make a good plan for like the sprinting and also how he can um, he can uh, be uh, in the best in the in the um, last part of the race, because uh, for him the the sprinting when he is trying to do two sprints and to win them in a race, it's uh, it's hard to to be top ten in the the finish line. So uh, he uh, a lot of the races he um, he hasn't been uh, racing for the for the top spots in the finish line. So that's maybe the the main part. Um, of him not being in the top 10 yet in the ski classics. Um, for Magnus, he, um, I think that uh, this will be, I think that this will be his uh, year to um, to fight for uh, several top five 
positions um, during the training. Now in the fall, I I at least hope that um, that uh, my performance now uh, is good enough for also for <laughs> for him to be in the to be in the fight for the top fight because uh, I feel that he is uh, he is strong now. What about the new uh, faces that you have, the Gustav Heldal and, and Bord Eskil Björndal, these guys, and and the women, Matte Björns, Gordon Oda, uh, Nedrum, you know, they, of course, are not that experienced yet, but what are your hopes for them and what's the kind of the, the reasoning uh, for, or reason for having these not that experienced skiers in your team? Um, the reason for... Uh, for uh... For those guys uh, to be a part of the team is uh, first of all to to learn and uh, to develop and uh, i really like to to give uh, younger athletes the the opportunity to have um, to have a team and to have um, yeah like to to have a better uh, to have a better team that they would have uh, if uh, i didn't uh, brought them in and uh, also for me as a team manager it's important to have uh, other people to do um, the work uh, together with me uh, so um, for me as a skier um, it's important to have them there because uh, i don't have uh, all the responsibility on my own shoulders now so i hope that um, like first of all that uh, uh, with them in the team, they can uh, make me um, uh, do the top uh, three position early and uh, for them to learn and to take their first points in the ski classics um, this winter. For the for the women, I hope that uh, Uda, she, she looked really strong now here in Croatia, so I hope that she can do some top 15s and uh, for uh, Marta, I um, I really hope that she can um, she can join us for four or five races and um, uh, start together with Uda in uh, the team prologue in Russia. Uh, so the points that you uh, may be ke- getting from those skiers are important. You definitely are aiming at the pro team competition, aiming to climb up. Yeah, we uh, really want that, and uh, I hope that uh, for next year we can um, we can have. Um, have a goal in fighting for the top three. That's it. That's a good, hefty, hefty goal. Speaking of your team, when you started out, it pretty much was a team built around you as a skier. Going back to that, we talked about that uh, two years ago. But just to refresh the, uh, you know, the uh, the memory or recall uh, those days when you started the team and your goals back then, and when you now look at your team in Croatia, it's been a long journey. Yeah, it's been uh, a really long journey. Started uh, started out uh, the first uh, year. I um, I hopped on the train after flew. I flew to Zurich and uh, jumped on the train uh, to Livigno all by myself. I had uh, uh, two large ski bags and uh, a heavy a heavy bag uh, and. Um, I almost uh, had to leave one of the ski bags behind on the train station when we uh, had to we had to switch trains, and uh, I was uh, all by myself. I arrived in Livigno. I had uh, re- I borrowed a bike from the hotel, so I 
I uh, I just uh, put the skis on my back and uh, biked to the to the ski tracks and um, to look back at that now when we are that yeah that big team now that's uh, that's uh, that's strange but um, it was I feel that that was the only option for me to to be a skier now because uh, if I haven't done that I um, I wouldn't be able to get the um, top four or fives, or um, or have the uh, yeah have the team around me to to make that happen. So when you look back and kind of evaluate this journey, so what might have been the hardest, the toughest challenges, uh, hurdles uh, for you to overcome? Uh, the toughest was uh, by far the first year when I had to do everything myself and uh, when I didn't have the experience uh, to do it uh, as fast as I wanted and uh, as uh, good as I wanted that was that was the hardest part to to get the sponsors to to joining the team and to do all that work because all that work that um, and that total um, yeah, my whole total day was uh, not uh, built around being uh, becoming uh, the best skier, but uh, to yeah, like a long journey to to have the to have the best option to be the best skier. So uh, the first year was uh, the hardest because the, my mentality as a skier wasn't that happy because I felt that I am not doing. Right now, I'm not doing the best, uh, the best, uh, or like the way I knew that is the best to to be the best. So I just had to be patient and uh, think that okay, that time will come in a couple of years. So I feel that uh, to be that patient, that was yeah, my hardest, uh, the hardest thing to do. But you were able to be patient and build it uh, from s- scratch and look at your team now. I mean, you guys are doing uh, really well, even if you have the, still these problems and haven't completely fulfilled the potential, which we'll, of, of course, hope they'll happen next year. But being a team captain as well, this is something you have told us before, that it is a bit of a taxing thing because you have to be an athlete yourself. You have really high, hefty goals there as well. You want to be in a podium. You want to be one of the best. But at the same time, run this team at... Uh, at your best yeah um, and uh, but the the, mo- the motivation keeps growing when i i see that uh, for each day and each week the uh, the team grows into uh, a team that um, can make it possible to to be the best and uh, like when i see that when I see that um, development from uh, each uh, week, and uh, I got a lot uh, more people around me to to do each, uh, yeah, like uh, to to do it uh, together with me. That yeah, that's um, just um, makes me more motivated than I ever been before. 
So what are you hoping to achieve, not just personally, but with your team this coming season, season 12, but also beyond that? Mm, this season, uh, my, uh, yeah, my only goal is to, um, to be a, a podium skier as, um, as early in the season as possible. Uh, if I can make that happen early, I, I am sure that uh, more will come. Um, for the team, I uh, I hope that we um, we will fight for the green jersey with uh, Thea. If he if he wants it, we have to have a discussion uh, before the season. If he if he wants to go for it or if he wants to go hundred uh, percent for the the overall uh, the overall races, and I hope that we can uh, be four or five spots uh, better in the overall. So since you enter the Visma Ski Classics arena, carrying your bags by yourself a few years ago, <laughs> a lot has happened, not just with your team, but also with the tour, the pro tour and the whole brand. When you look at the Visma Ski Classics right now, from an a athlete's perspective, how, how do you feel about it? Um... I feel that uh, as a, as an athlete and as a manager, I'm really satisfied with the uh, with the improvement of the ski classics from uh, from each year. Um, the uh, the way that everything is uh, built around the uh, each race uh, has been yeah a, a real improvement since I started as um, a long distance skier. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm quite frankly, really, uh, happy and also, um, really excited for what this winter will, uh, will bring, um, in Norway now with the, the television and arcade, they are really, um, they're really making an improvement in the, uh, in their commitment to ski classics and uh, uh, my prediction is that uh, in the spring a lot of uh, a lot of all-around Norwegian skiers on a really high level will um, will uh, try to become uh, more long-distance skiers are you happy with the calendar we have new races new events some short ones long ones and really a long one tough one the RFS has it once again yeah, um, I like it, and uh, but I also I I will have to say that I I miss Livinio a little bit. Uh, I really like that Usha uh, is uh, in. It's um, really nice for for us Norwegians to just um, to just have a um, yeah uh, a easy a easy travel um, by by car. But uh, Livinio. Uh, and some races also earlier in uh, in December. Um, I as uh, <laughs> as a, as a really uh, as a good skier in the start of, start of the season. I uh, I wanted uh, more race early. Uh, other than that, I I feel that from January to April uh, the season is um, is really good. Uh, also, the uh, the uphill uh, team, not the team trial, but uh, the individual uh, trial uh, will be uh, really exciting.
Is there anything you would like to add, or you completely content with this? Um, skating race, perhaps? Uh, I don't know if uh, I tried the, the skating race in um, in Engadin, and I I didn't feel that that was uh, like the best way to go for uh, for the ski classics because. I felt that the ski classics race uh, uh, like drowned in the the total race, and it was uh, not the same athletes in the top, and uh, a lot of the best athletes uh, stayed home. Uh, so I don't know if uh, skating is uh, the option. If skating should be in, there should be more races. So uh, all the guys are are, are starting to uh, to train uh, skating. Uh, um, so I I, can, I like the uh, the double polling uh, focus, but maybe some more uh, some more races with uh, with uh, with kick uh, with kick wax will be good for me at least, uh, and also maybe have a little bit of uh, we've been talking about it in the team that uh, having a, a tour with. Uh, Four or five races uh, with uh, an overall uh, leader by uh, by time and uh, in a short amount of uh, of time, uh, like uh, a week with uh, like more like uh, uh, yeah, like a tour like you have on uh, in cycling, like a mini tour within the main tour. Yeah. That is a good idea. That's that's something that's been discussed. What about uh, longer races? We already have Basel Lopet 90k and Orefers Lopet 100k. Those are definitely long distance skiing. Do you crave for longer distances, or are you happy with the kind of the shorter ones too? Mm, yeah, I uh, I think that uh, Orefers Lopet is uh, yeah. I I am not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I think that Orefjellsloppe is uh, long enough, and uh, we don't need uh, longer races than that. And it's a tough one, a tough course too. Yeah, uh, and also, yeah, it's I think it's funnier to have uh, or better for the the sport to have more races than have uh, fewer and longer ones because if we starting to have if we are starting to have races on. 150 kilometers. Uh, it's uh, difficult to have uh, um, races uh, in the the next uh, the next weeks after. That is a good fact. You know that is that's a good, good point and definitely a fact. I mean that's and that's of course kind of begs the question of ultra skiing versus long distance skiing when the distances become that long. You know when when you spend hours and hours uh, on ski tracks. But uh, I think next we'll talk about you a little bit more as, as a person and not that much about the skier but now we talked about your capacity and you as a skier and your hopes and dreams and and goals for the upcoming years and particularly this coming season but uh, let's find out who Vedletuli really is let's go back to your childhood a young Vetle sitting there somewhere maybe in your uh, living room uh, uh, how were you as a child? What kind of a child were you when you were growing up? 
Oh, I'm starting to get uh, old, so I don't really remember. Uh, now, what can I say? I um, I feel that I always been I always been uh, patient and uh, not the, the one uh, uh, shouting uh, and uh, being the like the loudest person in the room. So um, and always been uh, uh, interested in sports. I've been I've been playing football and uh, skiing and training for uh, all my life. So I I early uh, figured out that uh, sports uh, was something I wanted to um, to, to do. Um, uh, I remember when I was uh, really small, I always wanted to to join my father when he was taking his uh, his afternoon uh, runs, even though he he felt that I was uh, too young. So I always been uh, interested in sports, and I been taking that with me ever since then. But was it always skiing that you were most interested in, or you did all no, kinds of sports? Um, when I was uh, when I was uh, really young, or um, uh, before I was seventeen, the uh, the football was um, more interesting for me than skiing. But uh, when I turned sixteen, seventeen, the the skiing interest uh, really increased. Even though I always been a skier and uh, like to ski, the the football was uh, kind of like a number one until I was uh, sixteen, around sixteen, and uh, after that, the uh, from sixteen to eighteen, it the the skiing yeah totally kicked in. So that took over. So how well did you do or perform in your junior years? In- in skiing, yeah. In um, in junior, uh, it uh, my performance was uh, yeah maybe uh, really the same way it has been in the ski classics. My my best uh, spot in uh, in my junior years were in the Norwegian Cup uh, was number four. So that's the same as in uh, in ski classics. And I've been I was a lot around uh, yeah like uh, four, five, six, seven, ten, twelve around there. So um, uh, when I two years ago when I got my first podium in the Norwegian Cup as a senior in uh, thirty kilometers classic, uh, I felt that uh, it was uh, a, a curse leaving. Um, um when you think about the uh, the Norwegian cup and the the podium so I just need to to figure out how to make the curse disappear in ski classics so that the number 4 won't be the your eternal <laughs> eternal mark yeah. on you uh, but then what about school as a student as a pupil there how did you do um i um have always been like uh, not the uh, the the top student, but uh, like uh, pretty uh, uh, pretty good and like I I I never had like this uh, this special uh, um, uh, majors or the the special subjects that I 
uh, got interested in. It was, yeah, I had interested in a, a lot of fields and I feel that also I brought that with me uh, into the, like the building of the team because uh, I had to, I had to be interested in everything to make it work. It wasn't only like the, the sponsors and make everything uh, happen there. It was also the, um, the social media and uh, filming and uh, photography, photography and, um, uh, and also, uh, yeah, like uh, some economics. Uh, so um, I feel that I was kind of an all around uh, in the school and no particular um, like things that uh, were really ex uh, interesting, if you understand. Yes, you were like a jack of all trades even back yeah. then. Uh, were you a popular kid? Um, Did your fellow students like you? <laughs> Uh, I hope so. Uh, you might have to ask them, but I, I think that uh, I was uh, I was um, a pretty decent <laughs> decent kid that uh, the people uh, the people liked. Did the girls like you? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I don't know actually because I. I was uh, I was uh, very shy when I was younger. So um, when I was younger, I never got the uh, I never got the uh, yeah idea of uh, knowing that the girls liked me or not. You just skied and skied, you know. <laughs> I, I I yeah I don't know I I I, uh, I like girls, so I can't uh, I can't uh, I don't know I can't just say that. But so then when you moved on, you know, uh, what about studies after high school and so forth, after the, the elementary school, high school and so forth? Uh, did you go to a university? Did you study? And if, if so, what did you study? And was it something that you uh, dreamed of? Uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, my... Uh, I, I moved to Lillehammer and I moved there ever since and I started... Uh, there in Lillehammer University with uh, the sports uh, education in combination with my um, uh, with my skiing. So uh, and that uh, turned out to be actually uh, six years of um, sports uh, education. So I have a master's in um, in uh, sports science and in uh, training physiology. So you said you moved. To Lillehammer, what, what's your what's your birthplace? Uh, my birthplace is in Breifoss uh, in Etoten, uh, the same place where I've started my uh, the, the roller ski race Totenrullen. That was a um, uh, ski classics challenger this um, uh, this year. So uh, that's a place uh, forty-five uh, to fifty minutes uh, south of. Uh, Lillehammer towards Oslo. And then what about Lillehammer? And it's a nice place, the, the home of uh, the Birkebeiner and of course the Olympics and so forth, but as a place to live. Yeah, I, I really like it in Lillehammer. And um, 
I don't know if uh, if I'm not meeting uh, a girl that I'm getting together with that uh, says that we we can't uh, live in Lillehammer. <laughs> I think that uh, Lillehammer might be the place that I I want to um, I want to um, to grow uh, to grow older in. Uh, it's uh, either Lillehammer and uh, or back to to the place that I grew up. I think. So you said for now. You said if you find uh, find a girl <laughs> like that, are you still on a quest for that? Did you, you're looking for the the perfect one? Yeah, you know, I spend all my time in uh, in training and uh, making the team better and to to, fi <laughs> to fix uh, the, to fix things for the team. So uh, uh, I right now I'm not focusing uh, too much on the on the girls, but I. Uh, I uh, might have to do it after after a, a perfect season this winter. <laughs> Maybe then you have a little bit time uh, to, uh, to to put your focus on that. But speaking of which, you know, what is kind of your ideal? I mean, of course, we're all looking for someone, you know, and 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 we all have all kinds of experiences and being uh, married and divorced and so forth. Uh, but what are you hoping to have in your partner? Um. I'm hoping that uh, my partner will be um, that she will be uh, like uh, yeah, confident and uh, funny, uh, and uh, that I uh, yeah, and she has to uh, she has to be independent for sure. Uh, so uh, I don't know. That's uh, maybe the. Uh, the criteria that popped up uh, just now in the the um, just now, but uh, I also think that uh, what I really want is that just when you uh, you found her, you just know it. Ah, oh, love at first sight. <laughs> no, not at first sight, but that uh, that you just uh, feel that this is um, the right uh, thing after a, a couple of uh, after some time. Uh, I don't think that I'm not like the uh, the love at first uh, side guy. You have to uh, you have to um, that takes some uh, some time I think to just feel that. Do you think that she needs to be from the world of skiing or is it okay with you if she's not? Uh, not at all. Uh, and I I don't know. Uh, I think that uh, she can be, but uh, if she's uh, not, that's uh, totally fine by me. And then what about family in general? You have, uh, of course, a father and mother and uh, any any uh, siblings, uh, anything you want to share in terms of your family? Mm, yeah, I, um, we were um, a family of, uh, of four. I had a sister. I have a sister, uh, and uh, we had uh, a little brother when uh, when I turned. Uh, it was I was fifteen years old. So she he is uh, quite younger. So uh, right now we are. Uh, I'm the uh, the oldest uh, sibling, and uh, yeah, my sister. She is. Uh, um, 
she is working and doing uh, doing her stuff and uh, it's fun to to help my brother when he is uh, discussing discussing uh, training and uh, stuff regarding sports with me because uh, he really wants to be a good uh, footballer so um, yeah it's fun to have um have a 15 year younger brother that i can uh, try to uh, help out of uh, the mistakes I did when I was younger. Well, tell me about my youngest brother, 17 years younger than I am. I am, and okay. we also have four four of us, so I kind of identify with you, with you there. So you have a happy family there. Then what about your your person, your own family eventually? I mean, you talked about, we talked about the, you know, the, your ideal girl or your partner, but eventually, of course, I, I believe that you want to be a father. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, for sure, uh, that's something that I might should have uh, thought more about, uh, more about than I have. Uh, but uh, as for now, the uh, the skiing and uh, the team and the upcoming season is. Uh, yeah, is all I have in my head. So it's hard to uh, think about uh, fatherhood now when I'm uh, when I'm uh, yeah a single guy training and uh, try to try to <laughs> fix everything for the for the team with uh, twenty year old and twenty five year olds here in the, in the team. So uh, I don't know. I I don't have a. Um, I don't have a good answer answer there. I just have to be a father of the, the guys in the team for now. Indeed, and the day will come when you have to think about uh, the fatherhood and when that comes, you know, if it's, of course, uh, the most important thing in life. Speaking of life, what other things do you value besides skiing and healthy life and, and your team? Um... Yeah, I um, I really appreciate being uh, uh, being together with my uh, with my family and to uh, I I like having projects other than uh, uh, skiing. Uh, even though most of the my projects projects uh, are like uh, very well connected to uh, to my skiing, but. Um, I like it in the the mountains where uh, where my where I have roots from my mother and uh, um, yeah that's uh, that's kind of like uh, what I do besides uh, all the other things uh, during the team and uh, my uh, my everyday as a skier. How would you describe yourself as a person? You mentioned earlier that you were a shy kid. But right now, because of all the work that you do and skiing and running your team, uh, I think you're a very outspoken uh, person. So, but how would you describe you as a person? Mm, I will uh, describe me as a, as a learner. Uh, uh, I'm really, like I said, when I, since I was younger, I, I have a lot of interests and... Uh, I always want to learn, even though it's uh, uh, technique in skiing, or if it's um, training analysis, or if it's uh, 
video editing or if it's um, yeah something uh, totally different. So um, I will describe me as a learner. And then before we wrap up and let you go and enjoy the sunshine and your day off, a couple of small, uh, quick, uh, trivial things. You know, let's start with the uh, the idols. Did you ever ever have any idols? Any people you admired when growing up? Mm-hmm. I think that um, the only thing I can remember, because that's something that uh, I often been thinking about when people say they have an idol, and I, I can't say. Uh, it's hard to say one person, but uh, when I was younger, of course, uh, Bjorn Dardy was uh, was the most. Uh, was the coolest guy to watch uh, skiing, uh, especially because I I did not understand how he can he could push himself so hard that he did in the races. So since you guys get together and watch the you know, Netflix the Squid Game uh, as a team in the <laughs> evenings, so what is the the best TV show you ever seen? Um. Uh, I will have to say uh, Entourage. Okay, that's a good one. Best film? Mm-hmm. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, okay, good. Steven Spielberg there. <laughs> and uh, the best rock band? Mm. The Hives. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, the food that you despise, that you don't really like, can eat. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, hmm. Or you I eat anything? I eat pre- pretty much uh, everything. So what's the best food then? The best food, um, I will have to say uh, tacos. Tacos, Mexican food, good. I had a lot of that in Los Angeles. Um, (laughs) The worst nightmare you ever had? Or do you have nightmares? Mm, I have never had uh, like... uh, a really frightening nightmare. Um, like uh, <laughs> last night, I I dreamt that we we lost the the car to the or the the key to the rental car. Uh, that was uh, yeah. It was nice to wake up that uh, everything was in, was in order. Other than that, I I yeah. In the top of my head, I can't uh, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't find anything really spectacular at the moment. Have you ever had a feeling that you would like to be someone else? I guess a lot of people, you know, we sometimes feel that it would be nice to be someone else. Are you always content with yourself? Mm, It would have been fun to be uh, like a musician or like a... Musician, musician would have been uh, cool. Yeah, me too. I would would love to be the singer, you know. But 
Of course, if you can't sing, you can't sing. <laughs> uh, then, uh, as a last thing, uh, who would be a person that you'd like to meet or have a chat with, if possible? And now this can be also per a person who's not no longer with us. Mm, I don't know. Since we we talked about uh, girls and stuff, I uh, I must say that uh, yeah, my future wife then. <laughs> that that was interesting. <laughs> that was a bit of a twist there, but good bitly. I mean, it's uh, let's hope that you'll meet your future wife pretty soon, and also let's hope that you'll be on the podium come winter. I think you will. Have you been so close so many times? And I think your team is right up there. And you have a good coffee. I like your coffee. Of course, I'm gonna come and visit you guys and drink all your coffee. As you know, I'm a heavy coffee drinker. So, but thank you very much uh, for being a part of this once again. And. Uh, I hope that you guys will have a great uh, training camp there for two more weeks. Thank you. We will train well and uh, bring the coffee machine to the races this winter. Please do. And you people out there, thank you once again uh, for listening to us to uh, the Levy podcast. And remember, you can always send us feedback, questions, requests, uh, any ideas. And that email address is podcast at wsportsmedia.com. Once again, podcast at wsportsmedia.com. I thank you all and stay tuned for more exciting and thrilling episodes to come. For now, bye-bye. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.